perfect start to the Six Nations, but things can only get better. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear plenty about the Principality Stadium experience from Welsh Rugby superstar Jazz Joyce and why she said yes. Wales under 20s as well, but first, Wales looking to bounce back from the defeat in Ireland when they return to a full Six Nations crowd at the Principality Stadium with the game against Scotland. Flanker Jack Morgan comes in for his debut with Ross Moriarty returning in the back row, Owen Watkin and Alex Cuthbert in the backs. Coach Wayne Pivak explained. You know, on reflection, we clearly didn't achieve what we wanted to out in Dublin. Part of it was, you know, getting parity in, in terms of the physicality side of the game or the physical side of the game. That's whether that's ball carrying, cleaning rucks, that sort of thing, big defence. We uh, came up short. There's no hiding from that fact. And I think, you know, Jack's trained very, very well. He's a very abrasive sort of player. And and Ross, we know, uh, obviously, is very strong in that area. So we've learnt that way and it, it gives us something different. So uh, that's probably the thinking behind that. Will Tain and Jack act as sort of two open sides or are you looking at them as a natural six and seven? Obviously, they're both sevens. Tain has played as an eight a lot in age-grade rugby coming through and in the early part of his senior career. So it's not foreign to him to shift around the back row. And a great rise for Jack after he was named in his first squad to get a chance in only the second game. It just goes to show that his performances on the park and in a test match should obviously carry a lot of weight, but there's also what you do in training. And he's certainly done everything asked of him. And we're all looking forward to seeing Jack out there. And it'll be a great opportunity for him and his family. How is Josh Adams? It's described as a tight calf. Is it a minor minor issue, were Wayne? You know, if you're talking, we're at a World Cup and it was a, a knockout stage, then um, we, he'd probably give it a go. But it's just uh, one of those ones where we don't think it's worth the risk because if it does uh, worsen, then that would be him gone for the rest of the tournament and uh, in quite some time. So we're looking after the player well-being on that one. And Owen Watkin is in after missing out on the autumn. Uh, what are his credentials, but also... And also Willis Alaholo, how close was he available for selection or is he still just a bit out? In terms of Willis and the, the hamstring, he's been cleared. Uh, so really now with Willis, it's a matter of getting um, some volume into him and just the sharpness that uh, he needs to get back to, to play at test level. But, uh, certainly he's heading in the right direction. Owen Watkin, he's gone away, been left out of a, a squad or two and has worked very hard. He's very keen. He gets an opportunity now. And the last time he played was against the same opposition. Played well. So he's in confident mood and yeah, we're looking forward to seeing Owen go. Just Alex Cuthbert coming in. You've gone back to me impressed when he came in against Fiji. And now that he's playing, what are you expecting from him? Yeah, look, if he can deliver what he did in the Fiji game. Um, look, he's big, he's strong, he's quick. We know that. Very good finisher, as we saw against Fiji. And, you know, I think hopefully, uh, you know, he'll get the ball in his hands a little bit more than we did last week. If we get some ball, we're moving forward onto the ball, which is what all the backs want. Then um, I'm sure he'll be to show us what he can do. And what reaction are you looking for this weekend, Went? Well, an improvement across the board, really. The players are very critical of themselves. You know, they're very disappointed after the game last week. Worked very, very hard so far through this week. You know, they're desperate to go out there and show that we are a much better team than uh, the display we put on last week. So across the board, everybody in the camp was very disappointed with last week. We're at home, we're in front of 75,000 people and, uh, you know, we owe it to ourselves and our public to put on a better display, as simple as that. Scotland haven't won here since 2002 when in Cardiff. They're obviously full of confidence. Five changes. What do you make of their challenge? I don't think they've had back-to-back wins against England since the 80s. And certainly they hadn't won in Twickenham for a long time last year or France. So 
you know, you've got to respect the Scotland side. They are a very, very good side. They've got a number of British and Irish lines. They showed last week that uh, they fight for every blade of grass, and that's certainly what we're going to be doing on the weekend. We have to match that and then bring some on top of that. So, look, it's going to be a very, very hard-fought game. We know that, and it's a Scotland team coming full of confidence, as you say. Dan Bigger and Jonathan Davis. Uh, Davis going to be making a 100th international uh, appearance. What sort of achievement is that in modern-day rugby? Yeah, we were talking about it. The coaching group was talking about that this morning, actually, um, when we finalised the fact that Jonathan would be involved and be two players playing 100 test matches. I know it's it's fantastic to play 100 for Wales, and that's the big one, but British and Irish Lions are test matches, and they're against some of the top sides in the world, against New Zealand, South Africa, Australia. And So when you play 100 test matches, it says a couple of things. The resilience, the ability to get selected week in and week out over a long period of time. So their form is always good. Those players work hard. They make sacrifices. And in the case of Jonathan, he's had some major injuries along the way. So I think he would have had, you know, well over 100 games for Wales by now if it hadn't been for injuries. So to persevere too through some of those um, darker times and to get back to the level that he's been operating at, I think we're slowly seeing the Jonathan evolve in training now and it takes a bit of time after an ACL like he had to get back that little bit of extra pace and that sort of thing. So look, I just take my hat off to Jonathan for the work he's done and Dan Bigger, one of the best goal kickers in the world. He's our general and one of our big leaders. So looking forward to both of them getting out there and celebrating. One of the players coming back in is Santa Owen Watkin, a hero at the end of last year's game in Scotland with his tackle preventing Duan van der Merwe snatching victory for the home side. I'm just grateful to be back in the squad and obviously just getting the opportunity to play last week was was a real huge moment for me and obviously starting this week is another opportunity for me to show what I'm incapable of. You obviously missed out in the autumn. How disappointing was that and what have you done to get back in the reckoning? Yeah, obviously I missed out on the summer uh, last year and then the autumn following. Wayne and Stephen and Gethin give me sort of work on to do and I feel like I've uh, implemented them in, into my game with the Ospreys and Obviously, they sort of stuck to the word and, and picked me in the squad. So, yeah, obviously, I've worked hard on aspects of my game and it's sort of come through now. Sort of Adam Beard was put up as a, somebody who did something similar before you when he was left out and came back into the team. He did it first-hand and now you followed that path yourself. Yeah, Beard is sort of a prime example for me. He wasn't picked in the autumn and then he was a lion by the summer. So, he's sort of someone who who got sort of left out and was disappointed and and missed out but so that character and, and determination to work hard he had to do it and I sort of followed in his footstep and obviously fortunate enough to be back in the squad now You're wearing 13 Nick Tompkins is the 12 you both played both positions Owen how will it work? Nick's a great player and obviously for Sari he plays a lot of 12 and then for myself I play a bit of both so so only been trained together this week because I was on the bench last week but yeah, obviously we, we get on and the sort of that combination, you've got to sort of click quickly or the, otherwise it'd be a tough day in the office. So training's gone well together this week and uh, we're looking forward to putting a show on Saturday. And a combination that works quite well against Scotland uh, last season, Owen, in, in that win up in Murrayfield. Yeah, like last season it was, um, it was a tough old game up there and we were fortunate enough to come out on the winning end. But um, I know Nick went to the wing, sort of early doors and Willis come on. So yes, yeah, sort of that flexibility in our back line that we've got that each player can play in sort of multiple positions, which is good for us as a squad then. And that tap tackle, I'd imagine, is one of the more notable ones in your career, is it? Yeah, sort of a, a fond memory in a jersey. Obviously, boys put in the hard, the hard graft and I just done my little bit extra at the end then. Back at the Principality Stadium, fans, it's been a long time for yourself. How much are you looking forward to that? Yeah, that's probably one of the main things for me I'm looking forward to is being back in the stadium with a full house. 
I am played for Wales at home uh, with fans since probably 2020. It's been a long time, so I'm just really looking forward to getting out there on the weekend. Given the way the Scotland game went, and in particular how it finished, that it was such a, a long gap, and it's now Scotland again before you're back? Yeah, it is uh, sort of a coincidence that my last game for Wales before last week was, was Scotland away, so yeah, it is strange, but for me, I, f- I feel like I've I've got enough experience, obviously, playing for the Ospreys, and I've I think it's my 28th cap this weekend, so I feel like I've got enough experience. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to really excited to be back out there and really show what I can do to the coaches and, and obviously everyone else. And that process of being told to go away and work and stuff, can you say what the areas you were told to work on were? And was that always very clear in your mind what you had to do? Yeah, so from the summer tour, I was Wayne told me I needed, and Steve told me I needed more positive moments with the ball, which I do agree with. Um, probably defensively, I was pretty solid, but I needed a few more... Um, Flary moments in, in attack and I think playing for the Ospreys this this year they've they've given me the opportunity I've been playing a lot of 12 I've got my hands on the ball a lot more so I've I feel like I've sort of delivered what they've asked for which is obviously giving me the opportunity to, be, to come back in the squad then But what can the fans expect back at the stadium? Well there have been a few moves to reduce anti-social behaviour WRU Group Chief Executive Steve Phillips explained the thinking Today is all about our fan experience, so we've got a great stadium and the reason it's great is because of our fans. We've had some fan feedback basically saying that perhaps we weren't as good as we should be in the autumn and this is all about reacting to that and trying to maintain our standards to what we are. You know, we all know that you know, we have a great stadium, you know, players love playing here, we know away teams find it intimidating. We've got something special here so we will do everything we can to protect it couple of incidents in November that got a lot of publicity can't have been comfortable reading for you and were they the catalyst for this? Very much so. I think you know, we were, we'd, have a, we'd have a general feedback report anyway so I you know we would pick it up internally but you know there was some horrific stories uh, in the autumn that we all know about. The one about the young child I found particularly troublesome. Then we were looking was that a one-off or was that a trend? There was more of them than we'd have liked which prompted the review and you know what we're sharing with you today is the outcomes of those reviews. Overall, over the, the 22-odd years the stadium's been open, is this an increase? Is this getting worse, or is it not too much of a change? Difficult to answer. I think, you know, we were definitely seeing tendencies in the autumn that we weren't comfortable with. Now, you know, we can put your hand around to why that is. Of course, you know, we've had lockdowns and people were coming out for the first time. You know, we were, were we getting overexcited and any and all those things. But I don't think, you know, if we can lay out what we're now doing and that has the effect I'm confident that we can go back to the, you know, holding the standards that, that we're used to and more importantly we're proud of. This is a trial, just explain what that means, what are the likelihood of these measures staying in place? Well I think we shared with you what the measures are, you know, I think we're very much aware that you know, some people will like this news today, some people will say I've gone too far and some people will say I'm not far enough that's, you know, that's just you know, the obvious conclusion, so if we're finding this uh, sort of behaviour is repeating itself in Scotland, we'll have to maybe go a bit further. You know, we also think that if you know we're finding the behaviours are improving, we could undo what we we've done. So it's all about being flexible, reviewing the next three games, and you know making as best the custom experience as possible to all our fans. So what's it like for the stewards in the stadium? Ed Skajalski tells us more. I'm Chief Steward, recently uh, promoted. My mentor and good friend left after 22 years. So I've been here from the very outset. I was a Deputy Chief Steward when the stadium opened and eventually um, promoted to Chief Steward. My role is, is heading up the stewarding team, not so much from a performance perspective, although then, you know, some of that comes into it as well, but say pastoral needs, their well-being, 
performance also, but the development and training needs as well. Just how many stewards are there at the game? On a- We've got over 1,000 on the books. Typically, we run with about 750 stewards or thereabouts. Ballpark figure, I guess. Their role is very much hands-on. They're the face. They're the customer face. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, the various different deployments. We've got the search stewards, steward-specific. You know, the gates and turnstiles. Then we've got people on, on the seats and around the vomitories. Once the people are in, then we bring the search and gate teams in to perform permit according duties or support on the vomitories. So they are really multi-skilled, despite having specific areas of deployment. And in terms of the last 22 years... Has it got worse? Uh, it's not got worse at all. We've had football playoffs, we've had FA Cups. You know, Speedway, when some of the supporters were more inebriated than anybody else I've witnessed, actually, early days. But they've become far more mature. We've grown pre now, and it's, it's a very quiet event, actually, very well-behaved. No, I think over the autumn series, coming out of pandemic, I think people were having the, the Christmas party that they might not get. So they were slightly more exuberant, but um, we, didn't, we didn't sell any more beer in the autumn series, and we did the autumn series before. Or before that, it's just that people were slightly more leery, I guess, is a word which I'd like to use from time to time. And they were all later kickoffs, or the, the three main games were all later kickoffs. Uh, that make a big difference, the kickoff times, the days? Yes, yeah. The earlier the kickoff, the less pub time they, they've got before they get in here. So for an evening kickoff, it's always a bit of a problem. People think, well, I'll spend the day in the pub. I'm OK to go and watch, watch the match. And of course, they get in the fresh air then. I've been eating at lunchtime. And sometimes, you know, they, they get a bit unsteady. But, you know, we look at super um, spectators coming in at, at search lines. And we, we send a lot back for a cup of coffee and to sober up. Otherwise, they won't come in. The stewards on the vomitories are, are mindful. Very often, you know, I'm approached and they'll say, just stay here a sec. I'm watching the guy. He's just gone to the toilet. He's gone to the bar. I think he may have had too much. So we're, uh, I can have a word with him when he comes back to, you know, just make sure he's OK. So it, it's a very proactive student operation, actually, in terms of drunkenness. Yes, the evening kickoffs are more of a problem for us, but that's, that's as you'd expect. Overall, this customer survey is coming back very positive, so the stewards can take a lot of pride from that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know, people come, and it's still a great source of pride to me when people walk in the scene and look up at the roof, which may be lashing down with rain outside, and they, they say, wow, you know, what, a, what an incredible stadium. It's roof is shut, it's an indoor arena, 75,000 people, the best atmosphere in the world. Are you looking forward to the Six Nations, or is this a time where you get a, a little bit of trepidation? What are your feelings? From, from a studio perspective, absolutely yes. From a, from a results perspective, maybe not as, as, <laughs> as upbeat as, as from a studio perspective. We've got most new stewards. We've got some, some recently promoted supervisors who have been here 20 years again, 20 years plus. We've got a great studio operation now. The stadium's looking magnificent. You, know, you look behind me, it's magnificent. I am looking forward to it. listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. Of course, Wales under-20s are also in action this weekend, also looking to bounce back from defeat in Ireland. Coach Byron Hayward makes a few changes, including Osprey centre Joe Hawkins starting in midfield. He thought there were a few reasons why Wales underperformed away in Ireland. Quite a lot of boys, really, who had first caps and haven't had as much experience as such in their like career so far so it's probably just like letting them know you know it's probably not the first time they're going to be on the end of a bad result and it's probably not the last time either but there's always a lot of um, heat on social media and stuff after that sort of thing but just understanding it doesn't actually you know it doesn't make us bad people or anything like that none of us tried to go out and lose that game on the weekend so just trying to get into them to you know bounce back again this Friday. 
So how much have you concentrated then on um, the weaknesses perhaps on from Friday night and what have you learned to take into this Friday night against Scotland? Um, I think it's just do more of what we said we were going to do because when we did that on the weekend against Ireland, you know, we didn't uh, finish off many of the opportunities we had, but we did create them. Just discipline as well has been a big thing because um, we kept backing up penalties with penalties, letting Ireland make their way up the field and uh, put us under pressure, which I think as well brought their uh, sort of crowd into the game as well. You know, it was a good atmosphere over there. First time boys have played in front of a big crowd like that. And I think that definitely uh, made a big difference in the game. Scotland obviously at home for you then on Friday night. What sort of difference in atmosphere? How will you react to that positively? But also what sort of threat will Scotland pose to you as opposed to what you faced with Ireland last Friday night? It'd be the first time for a lot of boys playing in front of a home crowd because even boys who got capped last year, when it was in the Arms Park, it was um, behind closed doors, more or less. So it'd be nice to get in front of a home crowd, friends and family. But I think, you know, always with the Scots, they're pretty passionate and they like us Welsh. So they're always going to come down firing. So, it's, you know, we're on our own patch and um, we've got to really take the game to them. You've had a, quite a bit of game time for the Ospreys this season. How much of a help has somebody like Stephen Myler been and, and Gareth Anscombe when he's, you know, when he's not with Wales? Have, have they taken you under their wing? I've, I've learned a lot of them. Yeah, I think definitely those two, Steve and uh, Anscombe, but also uh, a couple of centres as well, Owen Watkin and Michael Collins coming in. You know, they got um, loads of amount of experience that I always try to um, get a bit of info out of them in training. But I think a lot of stuff that I've learned off, especially do like Gareth Anscombe, Steve Myler, Anscombe obviously with his injury, Steve Myler coming towards, well, say the end, but you probably go another five years, but uh, get as he's getting on a bit, you know, do the off-field stuff that they get up to to make sure they're ready to go again the next day. On the field, they look like they're running around, no bumps and knocks, but it's all the off-field stuff that they get done in their own time to make sure they're good to go. So probably um, that sort of thing has well helped me loads about them. When the Ospreys lose a game, there are plenty of experienced heads to draw the lessons, all that sort of thing. How different are you in an Ospreys dressing room and a, and a Wales dressing room? Are you much more vociferous? And do you sort of learn the lessons from what they say in that Ospreys dressing room? Yeah, I think um, obviously back with the Ospreys, I'm not as vocal around the dressing room, like, you know, say after a loss or anything like that, because you've got the experienced boys already there to take control of that. But just the experience... I have of how they bounce back from bad runner results or a bad result, use that experience and bring it here with me. You look at the England-Scotland game, do the Welsh backs feel, that's the blueprint, run it from everywhere, get a bit of pace, get a bit of space, get a bit of, bit of width into the game? Yeah, I think you can't look too much into it because Scotland will be you know, looking at that game themselves when they know that they'll have to be a bit better. The Wales squad is backs as well. We back ourselves against anyone. So, you know, whatever Scotland bring on Friday night, then we'll back ourselves to be good enough to uh, go and be it. Finally, a chance to hear from one of the superstars of world rugby, Wales and Team GB star Jazz Joyce. One of the new Wales women professionals, of course, but that wasn't the main reason. She was celebrating this week with partner and teammate Alicia Butchers. Let her take up the story, which you may have seen on social media. 
we played Worcester and we won, which is really good because um, it was a close game. And then went to the Cardigan Bay, which is beautiful, stunning room. Um, we had like a sea view room, which was, yeah, lush. And then Alicia's sisters had planned and decorated the room, how obviously the post on social media. So that looked like that then because her um, sister had set it up. And we got to the room then she, she said, close your eyes. And then we walked in and then, yeah, it was lush. Perfect. She smashed it, to be fair. <laughs> how long did it take you to say yes? Well, I said yes before she'd asked, actually, because obviously we were both emotional and stuff like that. So we were both crying and I was like, ask me then. <laughs> and then, but yeah, it took, well, seconds. <laughs> I'm presuming, are you just putting wedding planning on the back burner after after a busy year this year? Yeah, I think so. We'll definitely probably look now and again when we have like time off on a Wednesday, for example. But nothing's going to be set in stone anytime soon, like, yeah probably both of us will focus on and concentrate on rugby for the majority of this year, big year with World Cup and everything like that. How does it affect the dynamics of a team when you've got couples within a squad? Because you're not the only ones. So how difficult is it for everyone to manage that and kind of moaning about teammates and stuff like that when there's that additional dynamic of couples? To be honest, like you say, there is there is a few of us in, in the squad now together, but to us, it literally, it doesn't change it because when we're here... It's not like a, it's not a relationship thing. If we were to all go out and for, go for dinner or go for lunch as a, as a squad, then it's different because we're not within a professional rugby environment. But you'd never be able to tell that when me and Alicia are together if you didn't know we were together. And and same with the, all the other couples. It's just such a nice atmosphere and environment here within rugby now. We're just teammates as well as everyone else. And then obviously when we go home, it's yeah, we're partners then. So obviously it's been a really busy few weeks. It's not just been an engagement. It's becoming a professional Welsh full-time player, completing your PGCE in the biggest year of your rugby career as we go down to New Zealand for this huge World Cup at the tail end of the year. How are you balancing all of this emotionally? Because this is a lot for one young woman to deal with. It is a lot. I was just thinking about that then, actually. I've literally, the last, say, what, year or even six months have, have been, yeah, I don't think as a rugby player or even as a person, I could have asked that much else. Coming off the back of Olympics, getting to play on the World Series, which I probably won't get the chance to do again. Becoming a full-time rugby player, <laughs> completing my PGCE, knowing that after my rugby career is ended, I will will have a job and it's something I love doing. I, I want to go into teaching and then getting proposed to. So uh, to be honest, I can't imagine a better six months ever for anyone to ever experience. So yeah, it's definitely a lot to take in. I think... The fact that I've been professional before and I was professional for last year, I think helps it a lot just so I know what how to balance free time. Because I think that's a hard thing that a lot of us are gonna gonna struggle with or or find the most challenging is everyone has been balancing jobs from eight till five, going straight to training, most of the girls six days a week, because they have to work more to get more money. But I think, yeah, because I've had the experience of of managing my my free time and stuff like that, it's just a carry-on, I guess. But yeah, very busy few weeks, but no, amazing. You've been in professional environments over a lot of the last few years. How different is this Wales environment now compared to what you've been used to, but also compared to what it was before? Oh, it's completely different. I think we've got new coaches in now, which we, where we know they're going to they're gonna be staying until the end of World Cup, so we don't have that kind of uncertainty of, are we going to have another coach in? We know they're going to be here till the end of World Cup, so that's fantastic for us. We know we can build relationships with them leading into World Cup. We've never had full-time professional players here. So I think we're all happy to be here. We're, we want to learn. We want to get better. No matter if we're in five days a week, I think we, we still just come in, get on with it and yeah, do what's asked of us. 
but it is different because it's new we haven't had a like say full-time professional environment before so we're all still learning but yeah enjoying every second of the journey how long do you think it takes to get up to the sort of full-time professional standards that you get used to with say team gb yeah it's tough i think because a lot of us girls here are already professional in our own way as in we do everything we can along did everything we can alongside jobs to be the best athlete or the best person we can be but i think now with it being our jobs it is everything we are doing so we're going to get better there's there's no question about it we're eating better we're recovering better every session's at 100 so it's always going to get better there's also girls who didn't have the option who didn't have the chance to be able to do that because their lives are too busy so it's brilliant to see some of the girls that have already come in now and there's tremendous differences within them already so yeah I think there's going to be pressure on us in the Six Nations to perform because there are 12 full-time contracts there are retainer girls coming in so well there is going to be eyes watching us there are going to be yeah like I say pressure on us but I think we're certainly going to perform better which I hope so we're going to have four months together so I can't see us not performing better but I think England, France, teams like that are already that probably four year step ahead of us so we're, we're playing the catching up game which I think well our training camps have been fantastic and I don't think we're far off but I think we've got to have that support for at least a year for us to get into the rhythm of it but I think like Ireland, Scotland, Italy they're all in similar positions to us they are contracted kind of players sometimes some some not but yeah it'll be brilliant to see kind of where we are I think Six Nations will be a great stepping stone for us and also for us to to kind of rank ourselves and, and see where we are against these teams. I think going back to your first Olympics, you found it quite an eye-opening experience to build up to it. Are there others in the squad who are, you recognise the emotions you see from them now? Yeah, I definitely. I think as a rugby player, you, this is what you want to do. You want to become a professional rugby player. So I think you almost put it off. You're like, oh, I don't really want one, I don't think. No, I think I'm happy with my job. But then when you get offered that contract, then I don't think you, I don't think you then realised how much you actually wanted it because you do put it off. Yeah, of course, there'll be eye-opening. There's lots of emotions going around, but I think we're into the, the stead of things now and I think we're, yeah, embracing the journey. Well, just for you, you're, you're quite a modest person, but you are a superstar of Welsh rugby, <laughs> male and female. That's never been greater than it is now with all the, the YouTube clips and everything of the World Series sort of added to all the rest. How are you finding life in that uh, high-profile role? Oh, it's brilliant. And I think that what we want to get out, we want to be role models to younger boys and girls coming through. And I think we certainly do that as a Welsh nation, but also playing in Olympic Games. Boys and girls are going to watch the Olympic Games. They're going to watch Rugby Seven. So hopefully, well, we definitely inspired a world of rugby players from the Olympic Games. And even if there's a couple of boys and girls who watch that and be like, oh, I want to, I want to give that a go. I want to try that. I think that's what our end goal is. Yeah, OK, we want to win. Olympic gold medals we want to win world cup medals and everything like that but there is a longer journey towards it and a longer kind of goal that we want to get out of out playing rugby as well and the opportunities for, for children well not children but the opportunities for girls and boys coming through rugby now is is fantastic and yeah it's, it's brilliant to see all the, the boys and girls playing it is indeed so that's it for this week's welsh rugby union podcast all eyes north and south of wales this weekend Scotland the visitors. Plenty to react to next week. But until then, goodbye.